Good day and welcome to another episode of the International News Desk Special. Again, thank goodness, I'm joined by the king himself, Kurt Buckerfielder. How are you, my friend? Shawnee, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Kurt, I'm tired, but I'm very, very good. Thank you, my brother. Um, a lot been happening. Man City looking to run away with the league, it seems. Um, I don't want to speak too early with that. But um, I think the story on everyone's lips is Erling Haaland moved to Man City. Um, bro, huge. Yeah, huge deal. Huge, huge, huge deal. So um, City triggered his release clause of 75 million euros earlier this week. Um, he signed a five-year deal. From what I've read, interestingly, his contract at City will include a release clause that only becomes activated in 2024. Um, I'm still not sure how true that is. Um, I think these are sort of fresh reports. Um, yeah, but that's, that's interesting. That's quite interesting because, um, you know, it gives you an indication of the way he sort of sees this move. Maybe it's a stepping stone um, onto for uh, before going to maybe Real Madrid later in his career or Barcelona. Um, wow, so yeah. very interesting, but a huge signing. I think it's probably one of the biggest um, transfers that we've seen in the Premier League in the last 20 years. I think that's how yeah. important and sort of significant this deal is. Um, he isn't just, you know, a promising young striker. He is, I think, at least a generational talent who will guarantee goals. Um, 100%. Let's just touch on the goals. 85 goals in 88 matches for Dortmund since joining from Salzburg. That's, in, that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, so over the last, this past season now, he's, he's had some injury issues. Um, but he still managed, I think it's 28 in 29. Um, last season, he had 41 goals in 41 matches. And the season before that, 44 um, goals in 40 matches. So he does guarantee goals. Um, I'm not sure how easy it will be for him right away. Mm. I think that he'll have to adapt to Pep's system. Um, he isn't the kind of striker who does well with his back to goal. So Pep's challenge is, is how to get uh, the ball to Holland in areas where he can be effective. Um, yes. And what will help Pep in that challenge is so being has... effective. So for the listeners, what is effective for Holland? Well, just running onto the ball. I think yeah. that Holland thrives on space, so um, that's why it will help Pep having some of the best creative midfielders in the world behind him, yeah. um, who will know how to sort of feed him and put the ball in those areas. Often, Holland will score a goal with with two touches: control, finish, control, yes. finish. Yes. Um, he's not he's not a dribbler. He's not going to beat three or four players. Um, he's a powerful, big number nine who's actually quite fast for his size. Um, but he really thrives on on getting the ball in space, um, balls in behind defenders. It's very, very difficult to stop him. And on top of that all, he's an excellent finisher. Um, yeah. One of the best finishers in the world. So it's it's an excellent, excellent signing for City. Um, it's, it's great for the Premier League to see a player like that come to England. I think players such as Haaland, like Mbappe and, and uh, the, the Messi's and all these like generational talents that of the last 20 years, um, you don't see many of them come to the Premier League. You, of course, the Premier League has superstars, um, but a lot of these guys go directly to the likes of Real Madrid and Barcelona. So I think it's excellent Why for the that? Premier League. Why is that? I think it's just a dream for sort of any player to play for those clubs. Um, they're the two biggest clubs in the world. Um, yeah. And I think that if you're a talented 21-year-old and Real Madrid comes in for you, um, you back yourself to go. So... Um, no, it's excellent. It's very exciting. Um, I don't think many people know this, but Haaland was actually born in England um, oh. in, in 2000. His dad, it was the same year that his dad left um, Leeds to join City. So Haaland yes, grew up yes. a big 
Leeds fan, actually. Um, but I think he'll acclimatize quickly. You know, he's, he's lived in England before. Um, I think at this point, it's very interesting. Um, it will be interesting, at least, to see which players have to depart. I, I don't mm. think that City can go into next season with with the likes of Haaland. They also have signed Julian Alvarez, the talented Argentinian striker from River Plate. Um, that deal was announced in January uh, January already. Um, so, Ryan Sterling's future probably is uncertain. Um, Gabriel Jesus um, is linked with Arsenal. So it's interesting to see um, what will happen from this, but I can't wait to see how it plays out because it's it's huge, huge for the Premier League and huge for City. Yeah, the timing is perfect um, to come back into this season as their, their number nine. Um, in the week that we celebrate the 10-year anniversary of that famous Aguero winner against QPR that won City their first Premier League. Do you remember that? 10 no, years ago. I mean, I, can't, I, I remember exactly where I was for it. Same here. Yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. City have actually um, today announced or unveiled Sergio Aguero's statue at the right. Stadium. Yeah. Oh, man. What, what a player he was. Um, and so... Uh, there was always talks of Harry Kane joining Man City. I think it was the previous window um, that didn't go through. Or was it last season? I can't remember. Yes, yeah. Um, so there's some interesting stats here, but I think it's chalk and cheese, eh? No, 100%. I think that Haaland is... Oh, he's 21 years old, Sean. Um, yeah. If that, that release clause in 2024 isn't activated, or if Haaland doesn't want to move on, if he if he enjoys himself in City at yeah. one, and, and wants to stay for, for a longer period, I mean... You can imagine him being City's number nine for a decade. Imagine securing a player like that for a decade. Yeah. Um, it would be sort of history changing for Manchester Absol- City. Absolutely. Um, and for world football. For, and for world football. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, you know, City do get a lot of sort of criticism. Um, Haaland's received a lot of criticism for this for this move, mm. um, joining a team without history, etc., etc. But... It's one of those things like City, yes, they had the takeover in 2008 and they, they don't quite have the the history and the status in the game like a Real Madrid, like a Barcelona, like a Manchester United. But they will they need time to get there. So a signing like this sort of will help them on their way to achieving that sort of status, to, to help yes. them on their way to winning European Cups uh, <laughs> and, and stuff like that. Like this is how significant that deal is. Um, maybe after Haaland has retired from football and if he does stay at City for 10 years, then City will be recognized as that powerhouse that all players dream of playing for. Um, we also don't know how long Pep Guardiola will be at City for. So we, we don't know exactly how it's all going to play out in terms of Haaland. You know, did he join City strictly to play under Pep Guardiola? Um, is he aware well, that, 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 that... That was my question. Do you think this is Pep signing? Um, I think that Pep... Uh, I mean, Pep has said that he's looking forward to working with him. Yeah. Um, and they need an Arsenal goal scorer, number nine, right? And, and they need a striker. I think yeah. that it, it would have been um, given the green light by Guardiola. But I, I do think that this is the, uh, the transfer um, or a sort of transfer that the club decides on. Um, because whether Pep is there in two years' time or three years' time or not, Haaland, uh, securing a player like that is so important. And any manager in the world who replaces Pep in a couple of years' time will want to work with a player like him. So I, I think that it's probably the club's decision, but Pep will no doubt be looking forward to it. Yeah, and we have no idea what Haaland's uh, release clause is at Man City yet. No, we, I, I think I read it could be between 120 and 170 million. <laughs> So that's big money. 
Yeah. Big, big money. That's, that's monstrous. Uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for that, Cody, all that info. Um, let's move on to your team, uh, my boy, Derek Tinghags. Um, meeting, uh, he kicked off his mission to make Manchester United great again by calling a meeting between the three men to set his to be set his closest allies at Old Trafford. Um, football director John Murtagh, longtime Ajax assistant Mitchell van der Gaag and Steve McLaren, they all met in Amsterdam on Thursday and obviously there's talk of um, uh, ex-Ajax star and current Barcelona ace Frankie de Jong being touted to be Man United's next midfielder. What's happening there? It's exciting stuff. Yeah, so Manchester United are definitely interested in signing De Jong um, and you know, Eric Ten Hag would probably love to work with De Jong again. He worked with him in Ajax and they know each other very well. Um, but at this point, you know, I don't think that there's anything concrete. Um, and that's because from what I've read, De Jong wants to stay at Barcelona. Xavi doesn't want to lose him either. Um, but Barcelona are in a very difficult um, economic situation where they do need to sell um, a big asset in this transfer window. Yeah. Um, and De Jong is probably the only player who can bring in a transfer fee of 60, 70 million. Um, sure. I, I don't see another player in that team who could bring in those sort of funds. Um, maybe a, a player like Ansu Fati could, but Ansu Fati is a 19-year-old um, Barcelona Academy graduate who, of course, they aren't going to get rid of. No. Um, so they have a bunch of talented players who are worth a lot of money, um, but it's players that they, they don't want to sell. They want to build the team around these, these, these youngsters. So I think they might be willing to let De Jong go if a big bid comes in for him. Um, yeah. it's, it's not a case of them wanting to sell him. It's not a case of them not believing that he's a key player because Xavi has said sev on several occasions that he is a, a key player and he doesn't want to lose him. Yeah. He values him, he's important, um, he, he sort of wants to build the team around him. Mm. But of course, the financial situation means that Barcelona um, might have to. Yeah. Might have to. They, they, they're just going to have to um, let him go at some point. And I, I've read that the worry is that if they don't sell him in this transfer window, if they try and sell him at the end of the season um, or the end of next season, um, they're going to get him for probably or sell him for 20 million, 30 million less than they'll want to or what they can right now. So. I yeah, think it's exactly. a case of them needing to sell him. Um, it would be a fantastic signing for Manchester United. He's a very, very good midfielder. Yeah. Um, I reckon at, at his age, probably one of the best in the world. Um, and, and it would be a signing that gives Ten Hag, um, you know, a boost in, in, in terms of coming in and having a player that he's worked with before, understand his system, understand exactly what he wants from him, uh, as opposed to working with someone like McTominay or Fred, who he's going to have to teach and have to um, go through all of his philosophies and his styles and his methods with from scratch. So I think it would be a fantastic signing for United. Um, I'm, I'm still not sure exactly that it's going to happen, um, but it's definitely an exciting prospect. And then also um, Matthias De Ligt at Juventus, who Ten Hag worked with at Ajax 2, is being linked with, with United. So a lot of uh, interesting... Um, you know, possibilities, yeah. Yeah, so let me just touch on that. With, with Paul Pogba leaving, Jesse Lingard, Juan Mata, Matic, and obviously uh, all, all these guys leaving, and Ten Hag has made it public that he would like Ronaldo to stay. Um, what's your feeling on that? Do you think with a new coach, with a new philosophy, needs an ego, a leader, a Cristiano Ronaldo there to possibly assist him to get his points across? Or 
do you think because he's such a big ego in the dressing room that he's better off not there? I personally believe that he's, United would be better off without Cristiano Ronaldo next season. Yeah. Um, Why? Just because I think that the club needs a fresh start from the yeah. ground up. Um, and Ronaldo is not an easy player to manage. Um, he's not an easy player to give instructions to. He's 37, he's won it all, he's done it all. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult for Ronaldo, I think, to take in new information and to be told that maybe what he's doing when he's on the ball or off the ball is wrong and what he instead needs to do is this and that. So I think it will be difficult. He is a, he's the ultimate professional, we know that. So yes, Ronaldo is a player who um, I think can probably still learn and a, a player who would be willing to sort of sacrifice parts of his game for the team. But yes. I do believe that um, without Ronaldo, there is less pressure um, to succeed immediately. Mm -hmm. um, that's you know, a good point. It's just, that's what I think was, was the issue this season. I think that we signed Sancho, we signed uh, Rafael Varane. Um, there was another signing. Who was the other signing that I'm thinking of before Ronaldo? Um, I, I, was it ju just those two? Anyway, they, they were high profile signings. Um, and Manchester United fans were excited and optimistic for the season. But then Ronaldo came in and it was suddenly, okay, we're going we're gonna to have a good season of, of building and um, a season of, you know, maybe challenging for the, for the title, not necessarily winning the title, but challenging on the, uh, for the title, challenging in the Champions League. But as soon as Ronaldo came, it, 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 it became about trophies immediately. Manchester United tipped to win the Premier League, um, tipped to a challenge for the Champions League title. Like, I think that the pressure becomes so much greater when you sign a player like that. And it's not necessarily that Ronaldo fails to live up to those standards. It's that players around him can't live up to that. Um, suddenly the pressure is on them. Someone like Rashford, someone like Martial, um, it's difficult for those younger players to sort of give Ronaldo exactly what he needs to be successful at United. So if I were Ten Hag, I would probably be looking to, to lose Ronaldo um, and build the team around these younger players who the club will need for the next 10 years. Um, Ronaldo's obviously, Sean, you know, he's, a, he's one of the greatest players of all time and he scored, I think it's what, 24 goals this season. So he's yeah. done his job and you can't really argue with that. Yeah. Um, but I just think the job will be so much easier for Ten Hag um, without Ronaldo. But United do want to sign a striker. They've been linked with that Darwin Nunes, um, Uruguayan forward from um, Benfica. So they are looking um, for attackers. They are looking to bring players in. Um, but yeah, I just think that it would be a little bit easier without Ronaldo. Yeah, that's that's a great analysis. Um, Curti, in the upcoming seven days, anything else we should keep our eyes and ears open for? Well, I, I think, Sean, um, your boy City could basically wrap up the title this weekend if they, if they beat West Ham. Um, yeah. Because if they win and Liverpool win uh, next week, Tuesday, they will both be on how many points? They will be both the time points, yeah. but Liverpool, the goal difference is, is uh, uh, City's goal difference is so much greater than Liverpool. So Liverpool would need to sure. win that final game, it's about 7 or 8 0, and City would need to lose their final game. So yeah. I do think that City probably wrap up the, the title this weekend with a win. Come on, um, the Blues! And then Chelsea Liverpool FA Cup final um, this mm. weekend on Saturday. Mm. Big game. Liverpool, of course, uh, closing in or could um, get their hands on a second trophy this season after winning the Carabao Cup earlier this sure. season. Yeah. Um, and then just one more sort of uh, transfer story to touch on. Coutinho completed a 
permanent transfer to Villa um, on Thursday. Uh, I think it's 20 good, good million signing. euros. It, it's, a, it's a great signing for Villa. Yeah. Um, it's sort of crazy to imagine or to, to think that it was in 2018, four years ago, where Coutinho left Liverpool as, as one of the best players in the world to join yeah. Barcelona. And yeah. um, I think things obviously have not gone gotten according to plan for him. Mm. Um, so it's it's unfortunate from that perspective. But obviously a fantastic coup for Villa at, at 20 million. It's a steal, yeah, really. It's crazy. And, um, uh, but kudos to Coutinho for, you know, he left Barcelona wanting to play football, took a massive pay cut, obviously has signed a new contract with still a massive pay cut. Um, he didn't have to do that. No, uh, yeah, 100%. As I think yeah. I, I read that he took a 70% pay cut to, to complete this move to Villa. So he apparently was earning close to 430 um thousand euros a week at Barcelona and he's now on 125 um, thousand pounds a week at Villa probably the highest paid player I'm sure he's probably the highest paid player I think Grealish was was probably earning somewhere close to that um, before he he left for City Mm. Um, but no uh, hats off to him a lot of players I think struggle to let go um, and and struggle to um, swallow their pride I think that you see players like I know he's not on the same level as as a Coutinho, but someone like Lingard, who mm. apparently is like pricing himself out of all these moves to the likes of uh, West Ham United and Newcastle, because he believes that he should be earning upwards of 150,000 pounds a week. Yeah. When in reality, um, I, I don't think that he's worth nearly that much. Yeah. He, he hasn't played any football over the last two years, apart yeah. from that six months while at West Ham. Yeah. Um, so he's probably trying to, you know, get himself a move to a big club. I, I've read that like into Milan and Paris Saint-Germain, Clubs like that might be interested in him, mm. um, but he would be a squad player there, and he would go there and he would sit on the bench. And I think I think that more players need to sort of um, follow what Coutinho has done. Just swallow your pride, um, mm. look to guarantee yourself football, because and that's at the end of the day what it's all really about. Um, people are only yeah. going to remember you if you if you're playing football. So it's fantastic for Villa fans, fantastic for the Premier League that he's back permanently. So, yeah, looking forward to, to seeing him in action next season. Kirti, as usual, thank you so much. That is how we wrap up this week's special edition of the International News Desk. I've been your host, Sean Roberts. So whether you have been listening on SL Podcast, at Sir Today, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Thanks. Ciao. Cheers, boy, Jay. Cheers, Sean.